The scripture reading for today comes from Psalm chapter 105, verses 1 through 11. O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles, and the judgment he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, with which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning to December 27th, Way folks, and some of our friends that join us outside of Southern California, too. All right, we're approaching the end of the infamous 2020. You might remember when it started 937 days ago. Uh, what the news was. The news was the Australian wildfires beginning of January and then January 26. I, I remember hearing the dings on the phones throughout our worship service uh, letting us know Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant had died. The helicopter had crashed. Uh, you remember this, February impeachment trials and then March. And when March came, it gave us a popular new vocab, didn't it? Uh, we never thought we would be saying the phrase masks required, social distancing, six feet apart. Uh, we didn't think 2020 would be the year of the Karen or the Karens. We didn't think we'd be saying the phrase the curve, as in flattening the curve, uh, the protests, uh, a deep reckoning that has persisted right now to this day. A deep reckoning with race in America. Zoom calls, of course. Uh, the terms essential or non-essential. Uh, virus, COVID, pandemic, vaccine, uh, lockdown, quarantine, stay at home. Uh, two counties close to each other, Orange County and L.A. County. Orange County took an optional approach to contagion whereas L.A. County was a little bit more strict. Uh, remote work, WFH, work from home. And then finally, virtual worship, which is another way of saying hardly worship or barely worship, uh, <laughs> barely church. Um, but looking back, right, looking back at this year, what, what do we mark out? Like, what do we get branded into our memories? What do we remember? What are we, what are we going to forget about 2020? Uh, there are memories that we can't control, right? Things that just pop up to the surface, that bubble up, and they come to us maybe in quiet moments or in odd moments, and they're unasked uh, for. We didn't, we didn't access them on purpose. And I'm not talking about those memories. That's for you and your therapist. Um, but we can cultivate memories. Like, we can cultivate anything else. Um, we know less phone numbers in 2020 than ever before. 
Well, why is that? Well, we're not cultivating seven-digit memory uh, much anymore. The other day, I was at a store, and I had to look up my wife's number because I just push her icon on my cell phone number. There's no reason why I would cultivate that memory. Um, why do we regret certain things and it sticks with us? Because we have cultivated that embarrassment, that regret. And somehow that regret has begun to define us. Why Why do we marinate in some thoughts of revenge for certain people? Because we bring up that memory of someone wronging us and they're in a better place than we are and we just can't wait to see them taken down. Why are we unforgiving? Because we love to pet that memory of someone hurting us too much. Uh, why do we make some days, some period of time in our life, over-glorious? So, the glory days. Because when things are difficult, we, we, we live there. We bring it up. We bring up that file and we swim around in it. And we think, those were better than these drab days. So several months ago, I placed this on the calendar, December 27th, and I said, okay, I'm going to ask the question, what do we remember and what do we forget? What do, and I want to ask that question to the scriptures. What is important to remember? What is important to forget? Now, here at the end of 2020, um, what do we consciously decide to remember and what memories should we cultivate, right? What, what memories should we weed out and not cultivate. Uh, now, one question. Um, should we not remember bad things? Well, yes and no. Uh, the scriptures, especially in the Psalms, um, call that lament. In, in other words, um, we should be sad about things we should be sad about. Some of us has, have lost not just things, but people this year. They're lost to us. Close, close family members. Some of us have lost children and friends. That's true. And there's no need to pull up that memory. It hangs with us. We, 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 we lament. You lament. Some of us are lamenting today, right now, this morning. Um, we call them to mind and we grieve for however long it takes and needs to be grieved. And then one day, we stop lamenting. And the scriptures tell us we don't cultivate that sadness or that lamenting after a period of grief. I was puzzled by that at first. I thought there would be these bad things that we should always cultivate call to mind and be sad and mad all over again. But the scriptures don't really ask us to cultivate sad memories. Not in perpetuity. There is one sad memory the scriptures tells us always to remember. And we're going to get to that a little later. But I'll give you a small hint. It's not Israel in the desert. It's not Herod purging Israel of two-year-old boy toddlers. And it's not Kobe. What is important to remember? What is important to forget here at the end of 2020, according to the scriptures? All right, there are good things to forget here at the end of 2020. And uh, the scriptures say that it's good to forget wrongs that were committed against us. 
uh, it says this in Proverbs 19, um, it's the glory of a person to overlook a wrong. It's the glory of a person to overlook wrongdoing. Um, its opposite might tell you or inform you a little bit more. It is the shame of a person to be unforgiving. Which is another way, right? To overlook a wrong is another way of saying forgiving. So how do you, how do, you do that? Now we know this. We know that we cannot forgive unless we have tasted forgiveness ourselves. Jesus told us that. He said, look, if you've been forgiven much, you'll forgive much. But if you've been forgiven just a little, then you yourself will forgive just a little. Uh, friends, uh, look, th- th- this, this is an important exercise for us as Jesus followers as we wind down a year. Think of this. Who has cut you? Who has bothered you? Who has injured you? Who has ignored you, maybe? Who's belittled you, put you to the side? However you answered that, it probably wasn't Kobe. It wasn't anybody from Wuhan. It was probably closer. A lot closer. Now, this is for your heart today and this morning as 2020 sputters out. We need to forgive. I need to overlook these wrongs. Otherwise, I'm going to keep these memories as a pet and these puppy-sized memories have a way of growing. How can you forgive? Because you've been forgiven. Do you want to end this year well? Heading into 21. Let that sink in. You'll have to forgive. But that means you'll have to understand that you have been forgiven. What's important to remember? What's important to forget according to the scriptures? Um, The Apostle Paul has this common theme for him throughout all of his letters. And it's this idea of uh, shedding the old and and putting on something new. And, And he kind of encapsulates this in Philippians 3 for us this morning. He goes, uh, I want to I forget what lies behind and I want to strain towards what lies ahead. Now, now you could say this, look, there's no way I'm going to forget 2020, you might say. Okay, so does is what Paul is saying, is that unrealistic? I, I don't think so because I think we can forget it Joseph Joseph style. So you might ask, okay, Joseph style, what do you mean by that? In, in Genesis 41, there's this great little uh, picture when Joseph uh, enjoys the birth of his firstborn son. It says this in Genesis 41. It says, Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh because there was a reason why. And he said this, because God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. So so what happened there? 
did Joseph forget being sold as a slave by his brothers and all the injustice and all the prison time? <laughs> did he did he did he actually forget that? No. But this is what happened is that he was no longer dwelling and cultivating and stewing and reliving and rehashing those memories because what? Those memories were no longer defining where he was. No longer. There's a person I know and this woman is now a little past midlife and she's not in our way community so don't worry, it's not anybody you know. But still, to this day, she won't stop mentioning her childhood. There were some deep pains there, yes. But every piece of subject matter in conversation goes back to being a child and growing up. Every project she has, every artistic pursuit and, and relationship to this day is seen through the lens of her childhood, that hardship, her family. Right? She can't leave her memories. She has cultivated them so meticulously. And now she's stuck in every sense of the word. She's now being defined by that careful, constant cultivation of all of those difficult memories. Um, that's a cultivation of memory. So when Joseph names his firstborn Manasseh, what is he saying? He's saying, the, my, my brothers and all of the difficult, horrible things I went through, they don't define me now. God has made me forget. I, I, I'm someone else. That history is not me. That history is not me. There is a moving on. There is a placing it rightly in the context of an entire life, right? Joseph was socially distanced in a prison cell for almost 11 years. He didn't actually forget his brothers, but he had stopped cultivating the memory. He stopped grooming it. He, he stopped making it define his every step, his every action, his every emotion. He stopped making it define his present. Now, this last year, 2020, does have the power to define you if you let it. Or 2020 will not define you. I, I think those of us who follow Jesus um, are defined by a very much worse year. And it is a sad memory. One of the very few the scriptures ask us to cultivate. And we pull it up and we groom it and we bring that memory up and we comb through it. And we always mention it and we never let it go. What memory is that? One of the things I'm missing, and I cannot wait to do it again with you all, is the Lord's Supper. What do we say in the Lord's Supper? It says, do this and remember me. That's Jesus' words. Remember me. For as often as you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you know what you're going to do? You're going to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. A very, very sad event. Now, why? Why would we do that? Why would you do that? Why would you cultivate a miserable memory like that? Well, you wouldn't. Unless that death 
was redefining who you were and who you are. What, what, how is it redefining you? You know what? I'm not going to be defined as a sinner. Oh, I sin, but I'm not going to be defined as a sinner. I'm not going to be remembered by my own sins and my own failures and my own difficulties and my own flaws and my own mistakes. I will not be defined by those who have hurt me and sinned against me and offended me. I'm not going to be defined by that. What's important to remember? What's important to forget according to the scriptures? Well, what do we forget? A lot of 2020, a lot of the wrongs against us, a lot of what lies behind. Lamenting is good, and we do lament, but at some point you will stop lamenting and you will leave what lies behind. And you won't keep 2020 as a pet that you bring up on the daily. You won't feed those memories. What is important to remember? What is important to forget? What do we pull up and double-click on every single day? What is a memory that we do cultivate? I think the safest way to say it according to the scriptures is this, is we should remember what God himself remembers over and over and over again. Psalm 105, that in, in the center of Psalm 105 there, it, it's this incredible little couplet that we see all over the scriptures. It says this, he remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. Um, this is the most prevalent God memory throughout all of the scriptures. God's covenant. He remembers that. God's promise. He's going to remember that. He does remember that. He is remembering that. Remember this. Remember. Don't forget. Don't forget his covenant. Don't forget his promise. Remember. Remember. God is remembering. Do you remember? You should not forget. Remember. Remember. Uh, this becomes, this promise, this covenant, becomes our glory days. See, our glory days are not when we were in our prime. It, it, our glory days are not in college. They, they weren't when we had that great vacation in Bali, or started a fling, or finished a huge project, or won an award, or closed a big deal, or when your kids were the very cutest. No, those are not our glory days. The memory we cultivate is his promise to bring it back to full life, to bring us back to full life. We get this promise. The earliest we see this promise, it's in Genesis 3. And it's right after the biggest failure of all time that has massive implications for the destructive nature of the entire world and the human race. It's right after Adam and Eve completely sinned completely put the trajectory of all humanity on a very horrible track. And right right after this failure, God himself is speaking to the servant. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going to bite him on the heel now. There's just going to be this person later. This is the promise I'm going to give you. You're going to bite him on the heel. You'll get him. You'll poison him. Oh, you'll get him. Your poison will get to him. But that same person will crush you on the head, serpent. It's the first time we get this promise, this covenant, in the darkest of time. I'm going to rid this world of you, serpent. 
And this promise is reiterated thousands of times in our scriptures. I'm going to fix it. 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 Um, What's important for us to remember at the end of 2020? What's important for us to forget? Um, Dave gets it. David gets it again in another psalm, Psalm 103. And he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And forgive who forgives all your iniquity. Don't forget who heals all your diseases. Don't forget who redeems your life from the pit. Don't forget who crowns you with steadfast love. That's continual, unconditional love and mercy. Don't forget who satisfies you with good. Don't forget so that your youth will be renewed like the eagles. That's what David is saying is, my soul and my psyche and my person, my physical person, is attached to him getting it right. That's a promise. I'm going to fix it. What's important to remember? What's important to forget? Number one, The saddest event in all of human history that does define us is Jesus' death. And it does bring forgiveness. And it does bring a new start and a newness that's not found in New Year's resolutions or more work. It's not in our regret. It's not in our pain. It's not in our difficulty. Um, The sad memory that we cultivate is God dying so that we'll live. The second is this. The happiest event in history does define us as well. Our glory days are attached to his love and to his resurrection that he's going to fix. That he's going to renew. He's going to remake. He's going to replenish. He's going to restore. He's going to resurrect from the dead, you and all of your loved ones. The memory that we cultivate is God's promise. I am going to fix it. I want you to see something. That even in our memories, the scriptures are calling us to be Christ-centered and Jesus-centric in sadness and in happiness. So as we wind down 2020, don't give 2020 that much power or memory space. It's over. And Jesus is still working to fix it all. And someday, He will. Let's believe that here at the end of 2020 as we walk into 2021. Would you pray with me? Our Father and our God, we entrust all days, minutes, hours, and seconds to you. We give to you 2020 in its beautiful provision and also its horrible pain. We entrust our lives as we walk into 2021 as you 
our guider, our protector, our provider, and our king. In Jesus' name, amen.